0: Okay, uh, joining us today, was Professor Buster Dunsmore from the Department of Computer Science at Purdue University. So, thanks for being You're welcome. here.
1: Welcome. <laughs> I'm very happy to be here. Thanks for the invitation.
2: We appreciate you meeting with us. We, uh, I know, we talked uh, beforehand a little bit about some of the things we're going to be discussing with um, what you do and well, let's start with uh, what is your role in the research that you're a a part of?
1: Well, in the Department of Computer Science, we have uh, several different research areas and uh, the one that I uh, am in is called software engineering. And um, the if, if somebody wants to a real quick definition, I say programming is something that can be done by one person. But software engineering requires a team of people, four to six or seven people. And this is what we do in industry now in order to create software that we can can have available in two or three months. Because a lot of the large software packages, uh, things that all of us use and things used in industry, if one person tried to do them, it would take maybe a year and we don't have time for that. So software engineering then is the team production of software. And that is my research area. That's also one of the areas that students can concentrate on in computer science. And we call these different tracks. And and I'm in charge of that track in computer science.
2: Oh, very good. Now what type of um what what type of things would someone be doing if they went into this area? I mean, is it mostly uh, programming or is it more encompassing?
1: Well, uh, it turns out that um, all companies now are looking for software engineers. And the reason for that is, um, as I say, programming can be done by one person, but generally those would be very small pieces of software. And uh, every company now that comes to campus and that recruits our students, they're very happy that these students know about security. They're happy that they know about operating systems and programming languages and databases but they're looking for software engineers. They're looking for people who can be part of a team to create software products, large, complicated software products in two to three months.
2: Uh, uh, To do a large project that
1: quickly, I would take a lot of teamwork there. (laughs) Absolutely. And uh, I teach the first course um, in software engineering and uh, there's a lot in that that is, not just programming there's a lot of communication and that is you have to be able to communicate with your teammates you have to be able to communicate with users Um, and because the people that are going to use the software need to meet frequently with the team and see samples of what you're doing Um, a lot of software engineering is making sure that what everybody's doing is going to work together the analogy i use is like putting together a big puzzle and everybody's got pieces of the puzzle and they have to fit together. So each of the different pieces have to be uh, put together and at the end, they all have to fit and it has to work. So there's a lot more to software engineering than just programming.
2: I I do like that because oftentimes the uh, stereotype is someone going into software engineering is they're kind of in either their cubicle or office or or, I don't know, a coffee shop (laughs) and they're just doing the programming by themselves and they're not, interacting as well, or having to interact as a team, but it seems like that really is a, a major focus of what's actually reality is the
1: team. right, Right, and it's interesting how things have changed because if you go back 30, 40 years ago, there was a lot of software being created by individual programmers, but that's back when software was very simple. And as we have gotten more and more complicated and you have the demand that we don't want to wait six months. We certainly don't want to wait a year for this software. We want it right now. And so what we have, have done in this case is um, we, we've had to go to a situation in, in which um, software is being created by a team. So this idea of people sitting alone in a cubicle creating software is very old fashioned um, and just doesn't happen anymore. Uh, there, there are lots of aspects to this. Um, for example, one of the things that they do are, are called uh, reviews, where they'll actually get the team together and go over the software that others have written so that other members of the team can try to spot errors in it. So this is the kind of stuff you could not do alone, but you can do when you're part of the team.
2: Oh, very nice. So what type of, um, let's say, uh, high school students that are thinking about, oh, well, I would like to be a part of a team, be able to do software engineering. What type of background should they
1: be starting to look at now? Well, let me, let me uh, put it this way um, before 1 thinks about software engineering 1 needs to think about, am I interested in developing software? Do I want to be a programmer? And um, 1 of the things I, I not only teach the first course in software engineering, I teach the first course for freshmen in computer science. And the thing I say to them is so many people have the idea that programming is just um, writing computer software in some weird programming language. But I say to them that the number one thing you have to be is a problem solver. Because what you have to do in any kind of real world setting is that somebody comes to you and says, we need to solve this problem, or we need some software that does so-and-so. So the programmer and ultimately the software engineering team has to first of all, decide how to solve the problem. And I say to students, think about what if computers had never been invented and you had to solve the problem using pencil and paper and mathematics, how would you do it? Um, and that brings up the idea of creating algorithms. and um, that sometimes is a little frightening to students what's an algorithm and it's just a set of instructions to solve a problem and i say to them you're very familiar with algorithms even if you haven't heard it by that name if you go to the store and buy a bookcase come home and, and you open it up and it's just a bunch of pieces of wood and pieces of metal there would be instructions for how to put it together those instructions are an algorithm If you want to bake a cake and if you're like I am, have no no capability in in the kitchen, then what you're going to do is you're going to have a set of instructions as to what ingredients you're going to need, how to put them together. Those are algorithms. Uh, And so uh, a programmer has to do the same thing, come up with an algorithm for how to solve the problem, thinking of it in terms what if there was no computer, how would a human being solve it? And then that has to be, translated into a programming language so that a computer could do it. Now, the beauty of having a computer do it is it can do it so much more quickly than, than we can. And, uh, and so that's why we wanna get these things into computer software, uh, but we have to start with an algorithm. How do
0: you um, help students begin to learn Teamwork um, strategies, do you do you do anything to get them at the very beginning of the semester? Kind of comfortable with working with each other, like if you've worked with freshmen and maybe they don't have. Um...
1: Yes, um, what we do is in our very first course for freshmen, we introduce this idea of teamwork working together. Um, uh, for example, sometimes we will for 1 of our projects we will put several people together onto 1 team. It's very awkward typically at first because, and and many times a student will will come to me and say, you know, I'd really rather do this myself. And I'll say, I understand, I felt that way myself when I first started working with the team, but that's not the way that software is being created. So go back and concentrate on trying to cooperate with your teammates, do your part. And so we do this in several computer science courses, give them a chance to um, sort of move along in learning how to be a teammate. We um, allow them to uh, give a, uh, an, a sort of uh, evaluation of their teammates. And so people find out what did people think of me? What did I do well? What did I not do well? And then by the time they get to the software engineering class, this is something that they've done before and they can really hone their skills because at that point they know these are the kind of things that people liked about working with me. These are the kind of things that they didn't like about working with me and let me work on those so that my evaluation in this class will be really good.
0: Do you have any platforms that you especially like using for um, teamwork? So like Microsoft Teams or any other, I I don't know what other platforms there are that that you like for your students to use or that you know of that the students use?
1: Well, there are lots of things (laughs) that students can use in terms of working together. Um, There's something called GitHub, which is a um, software repository, and um, we let students use any repository that they want, but in many cases, they use GitHub. And what this is, is a place, as I say, the idea of putting puzzle pieces together, that each one is putting her or his puzzle piece uh, into GitHub and they all have access. So if you and, and I and Steven were on a team, I'd be able to see the software that you created. You'd be able to see the software that we created. And more importantly, if I wanna test the thing that I'm working on and it involves something that you've written, I can use your software in testing mine. Steven can use his software uh, in testing yours and mine. So th- this is a, a kind of a nice collaborative uh, code repository. It's pretty simple to use. We actually teach freshmen how to use this thing and they start off in their freshman year, uh, being able to put their code into a repository like this. And then later, when they use it to communicate with other programmers, it comes very naturally to them.
2: But for students, um, I'm thinking of like my daughter, uh, she can't take a coding class in her school because it's the same time as like the AP classes that she needs to get into college. And so what, what would you suggest to someone like her if they were interested in eventually uh, coming into and becoming a software engineer? To find a study on their own or how and what would be best for them?
1: Well, there are, there are lots of uh, ways to answer that question. And um, there are uh, things available. Uh, there are classes at Purdue on the weekend um, for students who are interested. There are um, efforts, uh, nationwide efforts um, for your for your daughter. There's, there's an, an effort called Girls Who Code. And uh, so she could, could look up that and get together with those people. And uh, there's just lots of things that she could get involved in. A, a second answer is that we really don't require, if someone comes to Purdue and wants to be a computer science major, we don't require her to have ever done any programming before because um, we can teach you programming and we just want people who are bright, intelligent, who are used to solving problems who welcome a challenge. And if something seems like it ought to work and it isn't working instead of giving up, they say, let me figure out what's wrong with this and fix it. So, um, I guess, a uh, uh, sort of a short answer is. If she doesn't have access to any way to begin learning how to, um, to do programming, then we can take care of that when she gets to Purdue.
2: What was uh, the weekend thing was that for high schools? You mentioned you mentioned a weekend and I think you had mentioned this before where they had something they could do before they got to college through the department.
1: Yeah, I think there are uh, several programs. Uh, we have uh, an outreach coordinator in our department who uh, typically has, has run some uh, some weekend programs uh, and even some summer programs for students. And a lot of times students who are who go to schools that don't have programming classes. Um, We'll be interested in doing that. It's an interesting situation that we're in in computer science. No one would ever consider being a math major in college who hadn't taken a lot of math classes in high school. But we still have people who say, I, I want to be a computer science major, but I've never had a computer science class in, in high school. And the reason sometimes you yeah. say is that they. Um, they are at the same time of other courses they need to take, or there there are a number of high schools that still really don't have any computer science classes. And so we have to, um, uh, we we have to recognize the fact that we're going to be getting students who who don't have a background in programming. We actually have a program in our department called the bridge program. And in the summer um, two weeks before the semester starts, we have a 2 week intensive program. For students who've never done any programming or for those who've done very little to get them to the point where they can be successful in our first course for freshmen.
2: Very nice, very nice. I thought there was a program, I couldn't remember what it was called. The, The bridge for, okay.
1: Bridge program. And then the other thing we do is our first course for freshmen we, we break that into two big sections. And um, one is for students who have quite a bit of programming experience and the others for those who don't. And I teach the course for those who, who don't have as much programming experience. It's like we just line them up and cut it right in the middle and say, all right, this this group of students goes with me. We call that 180 gold. And then the ones who have a lot of programming experience, we put in 180 black. And um, And basically it's, it's a difference in the way that I teach it. And that is, I teach the course basically by saying, I assume that you have never seen this before. So let me teach it to you as if it was something absolutely brand new. Um, We cover the same things. We make sure at the end of the class that they know everything that they need to know to go on, but it's just organized in a way. So it's not intimidating to people who've never seen it before.
2: I like that. I, I, I think that would help a lot of people because it can be very intimidating
1: if you don't have the background for it. It has been very helpful. Uh, the bridge class alone has has been tremendously helpful in terms of retaining students. And we've graduated about 75% of the students who've been through the bridge class, which is a larger number than just the students in general. And for the, the 180 gold, we've had a lot of success of uh, these students being able to move on in the program. And um, in many cases, in the past, without this class, they would have struggled.
2: Where do you see software engineering going in the future? So, what's what's coming down the line? Excuse me, what did you say? So, what's coming down the line? What What do we expect?
1: Well, there always is the demand for much more complex software, much more quickly. And so, what I would foresee in the future would be that these teams that are creating software engineering projects that they're going to be doing a lot more of grabbing software off the shelf, plugging it together. So rather than creating things brand new, which is kind of the, the, the mode that we've been in for a long time in computing, it's going to be a lot more reuse of software. And um, that will allow us then if somebody says, I've got this really complicated software product and I need it just as quickly as possible. To come back a week later and say, here it is. And so that's going to mean that software engineers not only. will have to be able to write software on their own, but they'll have to be able to go to to libraries and find appropriate software and plug them into what they're doing.
2: I could I hear things like that from my son who's in kind of the coding. Things where they, they do seem to pull a lot already off of different things. It just, I was, which surprised me. I didn't realize that was that was something that that happened. Yes. And so, Sarah, I interrupted you. You started to ask something. Go ahead.
0: No, I didn't.
2: Oh, okay. (laughs) Sorry. It looks like you're saying something. I didn't want to be rude. And so what kind of um, background did you have? How did you end up here? teaching the software engineering?
1: Well, it's kind of an interesting story about me. Um, I went to a high school where I, they did not really, they had a computer science class, but it wasn't any good. Um, so I go, I go to college and I've got this old professor and he was one of these guys who would just put slides up and read them to us. And, um, and so I really struggled. Um, I was uh, thinking of dropping the class, dropping out of computer science. Um, And but but toward the end, I began to put things together and I ended up getting the lowest B in the class. And this was back in the era when they actually posted grades. And so I could actually see my B and beneath it was the was the next C. And so um, but I I made a vow to myself back then. And I said, if if I ever get a chance to teach this first class for freshmen, then I am going to I'm not going to read the slides to them. I'm going to explain everything, not just how you do something, but why you do it, when you do it, when not to do it, why not to do it, so that people won't struggle the way that I do. So, I actually volunteer to teach this first class for freshmen because I don't want students to have to go through what I went through.
2: Wow. <laughs> Fair enough. We, uh, we still see those teachers sometimes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's painful. <laughs> yeah. Right. It, very painful and so um, it, I know that. Uh, well, my son was trying to tell my daughter, my son's a little older there, but uh, which uh, program language that if she wanted to start experimenting and trying. What things to do and so I'm curious to see how, what he told her lines up with what you would suggest if uh, kids wanted to start tinkering around and playing and, and starting to learn this. What language? I mean, I I hear so many different types of programming languages. What would be the best for them to start just for exploring and learning on their own?
1: Well, it's interesting the the whole issue of programming languages, uh, there are lots of them. And the reason why there's so many is because they have cropped up if there was some particular application or way that people want to do things. said, oh, we need a programming language that concentrates on that. But when you boil things away, they're all pretty much the same. Um, and I, I teach in this first class for freshmen, I teach Java, uh, which is the most popular programming language right now. It's used in industry. Um, it is a good teaching language because it allows me to teach all of the concepts uh, that are in software development all in one language. And so it's the one that many students start with. There's another language called Python, uh, and it is a little bit more user-friendly. And so a lot of times in in high school, students will learn that. But the good news is that many of the things that you learn in Python, in fact, most of the things you learn will translate over into Java. And other languages, uh, C and C++ and C Sharp, they're all very similar. So the, the number one thing, it doesn't really matter what programming language she learns. More important is getting the concepts, Um, for example, uh, one of the concepts in programming is what we call selection. You get to a point in a program, you've got to make a test and either go this way or that way. Every programming language has that. Once you understand that concept, you can do it in any of them. The other thing is repetition. A lot of times to solve a problem, you've got to do something over and over and over again until finally a a condition is met. Every programming language has that. Once you understand that concept, you can move from one programming language to another doing that. Oh, very nice. I,
0: yeah, I really like that um, that you explain it in that way, that, that there are similarities in all the different languages. I think that's that's something that, you know, not being in the in computer. More like, oh, okay.
1: Right. And and, uh, as I say, you can, you can do um, just about the same things in every programming language. Some of them are just a little bit more suitable for certain applications and others. That's that's really the big difference.
2: Well, very good. All right. So parting um, parting advice to people who. Uh, well, I guess more than to people who might be interested, parting advice to people who just don't understand or know about software engineering. What would you uh, to have
1: to say to them? Well, I would say um, for any student, um, if you're looking for a career, it can be incredibly rewarding give you a chance to work with people in different areas and help them solve their problems, such as people in the medical community or in the the ecological community, and you wanna help them solve their problems. Becoming a software developer gives you the opportunity to make a real difference in the world, and at the same time, to have a a pretty nice career. Very nice.
2: Thank you. We appreciate you. We appreciate. We know you have limited time and you, uh, you keep a very busy schedule with everything you're doing. And uh, we, we thank you. And I really appreciate you uh, agreeing to sit down and chat with us.
1: I'm very happy to do it. And, um, and I just hope that this is uh, helpful to people who might not know exactly what's going on in computer science. That's the idea. It will be. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening to our podcast. Please hit the subscribe button so you'll continue to hear about new and exciting STEM related work being done.
0: Tweet us questions, suggestions, and requests at Purdue SOS or email us at k12science at purdue.edu.
2: Until next time, be super and remember you are someone's hero. Boiler up!
0: Hammer down!